Hi everybody, my name is Brent Martini and I'd like to welcome you to my podcast, Martini, Shaken and Stirred. You know, in life we often take on different leadership roles and in the process of leading, there are things that sometimes shake us, leaving us slightly uncertain, while other times things stir us up. Hey, perhaps you're in that position, so stick around as we chat about the things that shake us and stir us as leaders. Years ago, there was a TV program called Extreme Home Makeover. I don't know if you can recall it, but perhaps if you had never watched it, or maybe you did, I want to remind you what it's all about. It's basically about various families that have a certain set of circumstances that prevent them from fixing their own homes. And look, some of these houses were literally falling apart. I mean, the roofs were caving in, the floors were lifting, the back porches were all busted up and broken. Some of these houses were literally in dire straits. And then all of a sudden, this handyman with a tool belt around his waist by the name of Ty Pennington rocks up at the unsuspected family. He knocks on the door and they take him for a tour through the house, uh, showing him what needs to be done. He then quickly sends them in a limo to the airport to catch a plane. And while this family is away on a well-deserved break, Ty and his team move in and literally do a total makeover of their house. Uh, the family then returns after a week or so and pulls up in the limo that fetched them from the airport. Now, if you've watched the show, you'll recall the limo always parked behind a big black bus. And this bus would block the view uh, before the big reveal of this newly renovated home. And then Ty would gather his team of builders, the volunteers, man, even the neighbors would join in and they would ring out those words that we all loved to hear, bus driver, move that bus. I mean, just saying that simple sentence brings back such fond memories of that show. It was really one of the first reality shows that kind of aired back in the day. And I think one of the reasons why we loved that show so much was not only because the houses that they renovated looked incredible, but the expression of those family members once the bus had moved to reveal the final product. I mean, their expression was priceless and sometimes, to be honest, even stirring a bit of emotion in us as the viewer. And I think it was priceless because people's lives were changed. And as a leader, that stirs me to see a life changed. I've got a friend that reminds me from time to time by saying a win is a changed life. Now, folks, look, I know that we live in a world that is governed by selfishness and self-centeredness, you know, a world where people are kind of looking out for themselves only. But there is this thing, I really believe there is this thing in all of us that loves to see other people's lives change for the better. It just does something for us. It does something in us. I think it's a pretty neat built-in dynamic in all of us that sense, uh, that idea, we get a kick out of seeing a life being changed for the better. But uh, getting back to the show, uh, it took a team of people to facilitate the change to the house, which in turn changed the lives of those families. It took a group of people to work together. And what's even more amazing, uh, is before these teams even came together, individuals had to make a decision and say, yes, I want to make a difference. Hey, I'm putting up my hand. I want to be used in such a manner that lives around me are changed for the better. And when it comes to leading, no matter where you lead, no matter what context you lead in, our goal, or at least one of our goals as leaders, is to see people's lives around us change for the better. Now, since that show aired a few years ago, there's been many uh, similar reality shows where people's lives 
are changed. And interestingly, you know, when we sit in the comfort of our home and watch it, we watch a very neat, professionally edited 40-minute production with the top and tail. Uh, it's wonderful. All the mistakes are taken out. But sometimes we forget that that renovation process of these houses, which, again, ultimately affected and changed the lives of families, that process uh, actually took about seven to ten days. It was a journey filled with people who gave themselves tirelessly. I say that because to experience a win as a leader in terms of a changed life means committing to the process of serving those around us tirelessly, relentlessly. And to be honest, that can be really difficult sometimes. I mean, if you're in the position of leading, you know that that can be really tough at the best of times to lead relentlessly, tirelessly serving those around you. And look, I know that uh, it's not us that changes people. It's the love and the grace and the kindness and the compassion and care of Christ in us and through us kind of extended to those around us. That facilitates the change. Uh, in fact, Jesus says he draws all men unto himself. Now, here's the thing. No matter how old you are, leaders never stop learning. It's a bit embarrassing for me to say this, but years ago when I was a much younger leader, I remember saying to God with lots of zeal and lots of passion, I'll never forget it till this day. I said to God very boldly, I said, God, you create the opportunity so that I can do your work. I mean, did you, did you hear what I just said? God, you go and create the opportunity so that I can do your work. Now, that's a very noble thought, a very noble saying. But uh, almost instantaneously, I felt the Lord kind of reverse my initial request by saying to me, Brent, there's something that you've kind of missed out. And here it is. Brent, you go and create the opportunity. Brent, you go and uh, be aware of the opportunities around you so that I can work so that me as God can can go and work. And I'm glad I took his advice back then because I've realized that uh, I, if I want to lead people effectively and if I want to see lives being changed just like that TV show, then God's the one that does the work in the heart and the minds of those that we lead. I mean, you know it as well as I do that God made people in his own image and so he actually knows them way better than we do. But God could have done this without you and I, yet he still chooses to partner with us. God wants us to partner with him. And so there's got to be some kind of role that we play in terms of partnering with God to see lives around us change. In other words, if we know that God does the work of change in others, then as leaders, what can we do from our side? What can you do from your side? How do we respond and react to this? And I want to share three things with you. Number one, uh, inspire those you lead. Now, again, getting back to our illustration of extreme home makeover, uh, one of the many spin-offs uh, of the entire process that Ty and his team brought is that they inspired those they were helping. It was way more than just about changing a house. And yes, we loved seeing the final product, right? But it was much more than just changing a house. Once those families saw the change, they themselves were inspired by those that served them. And, and you know what? The same is true for us. Uh, you inspire those that you lead. When people feel inspired, they're far more open to change. And I'm talking about deep personal change. For example, you might have someone that you know, whether it's a friend, a colleague, a teammate, uh, uh, someone at work who's perhaps got a low self-esteem or struggling with some kind of personal issue. I believe that people are just far more open to change when they feel inspired. And that's part of our privilege as leaders, to inspire 
those around us. I think all too often in our attempt to see those that we lead change, we tend to push them. Now, when I use the word push, uh, at times we forcefully tell them or we say things like, and it's all out of the goodness of our heart, but we say things like, you need to change, or you better change, or come on, it's time to change. We even at times, uh, to our shame maybe, we even remind them of their shortcomings. I mean, as if reminding someone of their shortcomings will kind of edge them towards change, right? I've realized that people change when they're inspired, not pushed. People change when they are inspired and not pushed. So I think our role in terms of leaders working and partnering with God is to inspire those that we lead. Secondly, we need to commit to walking uh, with those who we lead and not only walking with them, but building into their lives. So there's this picture of not only walking, but building also. And again, if I look at my early days of leading, I thought that leading meant to gather as many people like unto myself and get people to continually help me fulfill my vision and my dreams. I mean, in other words, they needed to walk with me. I mean, after all, right, I'm their leader. They better keep up the pace that I'm running at. Now, I want to tell you, not only was I wrong, I think I was just downright arrogant. And I say that because people will rarely change if they feel they're only there to serve you. People rarely change if they always feel they have to run at your pace. You know, in biblical times, the primary way of getting from one point to another was walking. And that, my friends, took time and patience. Yet in our fast-paced world, we want people to change instantaneously. Like wave a magic wand over them and see them change almost immediately. But you know as well as I do that that simply just doesn't work. Committing to those uh, that you lead facilitates change in them. Whether that be walking someone through a challenging time, whether that be walking someone through a bad experience or some kind of crisis, or just walking with them out of friendship and relationship. And I want to say this, that sometimes that means that we have to walk with people for years before there's any change. But that, as I said earlier, is our privilege and our joy in partnering with God. Remember, God is the one doing the work in the hearts and minds of those that we lead. Our role is to, number one, inspire them. Number two, walk with them and build into them. And then lastly, number three, that old saying of you lead by your example. Now, if you want to know if you're a leader, just turn around and see uh, who's following you. That's the simple truth about leading. And although inspiring others is vital, like I mentioned, I also mentioned that committing to, the, committing to those that you lead uh, is also important. It's ultimately my example and your example that has a huge effect on the people around us, those that we lead. And I think that at times we underestimate the value, uh, we underestimate the significance and power of the very example that our lives set. And so, by the way, many leaders live under this false pressure of being a perfect example, uh, like they're never allowed to make a mistake. Well, if you're anything like me, you've made many before. I know I have. Mistakes are inevitable, but it's how we respond to those mistakes that really sets an example to those that we lead. And so we don't lead by being the perfect example. We don't lead others with a perfect example because none of us are perfect, right? We actually lead through our imperfect example. Now, what do I mean by that? When I say we lead through our imperfect example, what do I mean by that? Does that mean that as a leader, I can now live the way I want? No. Does it mean that I can say what I want? Absolutely not. 
Does it mean that I can, as a leader, respond and react in any manner I choose? Most certainly not. Here is another illustration from my, from my life. My son is now 14 years old and he's almost taller than his old man. Uh, he's almost. He's definitely stronger than me, uh, but not taller. He'll probably pass me in terms of height in the next year or so. But I'll never forget the day when I had to get down on my knees and look him eye to eye and apologize for something. He was much younger. I think he was around about six. And by me saying something negative, in other words, by my bad example, I caused some hurt in his heart. And hey, let me also just also, also say that, um, you know, I'm an imperfect parent. But by humbling myself and saying sorry to my son, eyeball to eyeball, and he was all of six, remember, there was this moment where I led by my imperfect example. And so sometimes the best thing that we can do as leaders in terms of partnering with God in seeing lives around us change for the better, it's simply to humble ourselves and lead as best we can, even with all our imperfections. Hey, it still amazes me that God, who is perfect, chooses to partner with imperfect people like us. God, who is perfect in all that he says, all that he does, all who, who he is chooses to partner with imperfect leaders like us. And so let me encourage you by wrapping this up. God is able to do an extreme makeover on any person. I mean, he is in the business of changing lives. He's just good at that. He's brilliant at it. We can't do it, but he can. But as leaders, we have the privilege of joining in what God is doing. We get to co-labor with God. And we do that by inspiring those that we lead, committing to walk with them, and then lastly, leading at times by our imperfect example. I trust that that blessed you and encouraged you. We'll see you next time. Hey everyone, thanks for taking the time to join me today. We really want to touch on issues that are relevant to your context of leading. And so I want to invite you to send me your ideas, topics, and hey, even things that you'd like me to discuss. You can drop me a mail at brent at pfc.org.za. See you next time.